August 13th, 2020. Mike Hogan here with Bob Nastanovich. You got some crickets going on in the background there. Locust? Yeah, it's, you know, there's crickets heavily in the last episode. Yeah? They sound... Which um, is good. Which they sound good. prominent tonight. I like it. Yeah, you know, they're crickets. You had... Oh, um, you know, you I've had never a little... seen one. You don't see them here, but you do yeah. hear them. You had a little weather event recently, huh? Yeah, we had something called a derecho, which of course means... Right. Yeah. I always think, you know, when I, derecho and izquierdo, left, left is, in Spanish, izquierda or izquierdo is left, and derecho or derecha is right. Um, it's a weather event, I guess, that was, in the 80s, was figured out by, I think, a meteorologist at University of Iowa. Um, and it's like, basically has a hurricane like effect it's like a straight light straight line wind situation so basically what we had here which we were in the path it was like um kind of a pretty day then all of a sudden things got really really dark and then the tornado sirens went off and then within 15 to 20 minutes things got really dark and really windy like um i think at the des moines airport they said it was 75 mile an hour winds and it was like 60 to 70, and and um, there's a lot of wreckage here in the neighborhood, and, you know, I'm grateful that I got the our 80-year-old soft maple in the front yard, which definitely would have probably destroyed our house, removed a few weeks ago, so right. that was a stroke of luck, even though, of course, we missed the tree, but then we quickly realized the reason why we had to get rid of it, Yeah, and um, a lot of other people... Throughout this region of the country, it was a massive storm, like yeah. just a massive, I think it affected four states, but like really, for the most part, the hardest hit places, I know you're familiar with Cedar Rapids. Sure. Um, I think they had recorded winds of 112 up there, and Marshalltown, which is kind of a, you know, it's like a pretty decent sized town, like. I'd say about 50, 60 miles away, they really got nailed. So, but I mean, a lot of people here, if you're like in a heavily treed neighborhood, which I am, um, you know, a lot of people are still without power. Mm. And we were we were just incredibly fortunate um, in every regard. Like, um, a lot sure. of other people are just mass. Like, you can drive around the neighborhood now, and there's just fallen tree debris everywhere. It's pretty insane. Yeah. It's pretty insane. 45 minutes. Wow. Well, it's a good thing that tree came down when it did, because otherwise it sounds like it would have come down. Yeah, I think it would have destroyed oh. our house and the neighbor's house. And wow. I don't remember if their cars were parked in their driveway, but it was, I mean, like, even in a normal thunderstorm, like, pieces of that tree would fall off. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
interesting aspect in this rather dull story about my life and my yard and my tree, but um, one interesting aspect is that I called one company and asked for an estimate, and they said that they would be out in six weeks. <laughs> and thankfully, I called um, Zaragoza Tree Service, Ubaldo Zaragoza came over the next day, gave me a fair estimate, and three days later, those guys were taking down the tree. So without their um, spontaneous response to my tree situation, <laughs> and it was like a beautiful week when they took it down. It was, I mean, it was a little warm, but like it was just, and like, I mean, I thought that like at some point in the next few years, we'd be like, oh, well, thank goodness we got the tree taken down, but it was pretty immediate. Like <laughs> it was just, I don't, you know, sometimes like, things are timed right but if i would have just gone with the first company then i would have been waiting for the estimate and the tree would have already destroyed the house Ooh. so um, well, who sure. knows you don't want to get into that because then yeah. you're talking about the insurance nightmare and yeah. like you know your house yeah. being re- i mean it would have been crazy where are so. you gonna live anyway shout out to Ubaldo zaragoza yeah, Zaragoza Tree Service. If you're in the, um, I guarantee this guy's going to be pretty busy for a long time. <laughs> in fact, a good friend of mine, um, Greg Meister, um, he called me up and he's like, "Hey, I see you're getting a tree removed because when he put like a nice picture of them doing their really sort of, I call them tree crow bat bats. Like they're, it was very acrobatic what they were doing. Um, the health and safety." Um, aspects of their approach um are probably not textbook <laughs> and uh it was sort of it was almost like watching a circus in the front yard these guys were pretty marvelously skilled but um this guy like you know put the job down ran over like assessed their tree and then like line and took their tree out so i mean like he's just just one of these incredibly um skilled workaholics that you know the world needs um totally and uh great guy and uh yeah so um, i love starting up a podcast by recommending a tree service in central <laughs> iowa but there you go <laughs> i didn't think this was going to be the way that the beginning of the show went but uh i like it all right well let's let's jump back to the previous episode where i played some richard hell and talked about how much i love the guitar playing of robert quine and it made me realize damn, I should just do a whole show where my three songs are all dedicated to the guitar playing of Robert Quine. So well, I mean, it's, it's notable that he's... And, of course, you spoke of his sad demise. Yeah. But just so unheralded, and he spread his wings, as we're about to experience through your three songs tonight, through so many different genres and so many different artists of that era in which he lived so like obviously he's one of one of these incredibly respected talents in his industry that is is and was sort of under celebrated because Mm -hmm. like most people just know him who are outsiders just know him as like oh yeah that was the incredibly cool guitar player from richard hell's band yeah Yeah. or lou reed's guitarist um you know in the Blue Mask, Legendary Hearts era. Right. So, I mean, you know, obviously not the most famous era of Lee Reed's career, but um, it wasn't because of the guitar. Right. Um, right. And uh, anyways, tell us what you're going to do. You're going to kick it off with a, 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 a kind of a famous alternative rock um, artist. Yeah, right? somewhat. So um, 
Matthew Sweet in the early 90s put out the Girlfriend record. And, you know, it was a little bit of an indie rock, alt-rock hit. Um, it was an alt-rock thing. It was like an 120-minute yeah. thing. And yeah. like, I, remember, I mean, it wasn't the song Girlfriend, like kind of the hit. Yeah, and that's what I want to play. I'm going to play Girlfriend, and I want you to listen to it. I haven't heard it in a long time. Right. I, I hadn't either, but like revisiting it within the context of Robert Quine and the guitar playing, listen to it from that perspective. I mean, it's a nice, catchy pop song. It's well-written. You know, I mean, the star of the show is definitely Matthew Sweet and his uh, songwriting and singing. But I would say, you know, I mean, if you're going to talk about, like, best supporting actor, uh, Robert Quine's soaring guitar throughout the whole song, um, I don't want to say it steals the show, but... It, but I, I wonder, like, remember, this was a huge critic's fave, this album. It was. Like, um, it was. It was. And so, like, I mean, like, obviously Quine, like, kind of lended some credibility to the act, maybe. I don't, I just don't, in, it's one of those albums that I sort of skipped because it was just, like, Right. It was a critic critic's fave, but it was like um, it was just wasn't strange enough for me because it, it's like kind of power poppy alternative right. rock. Right, right, for sure. It's power pop, um, and Lloyd Cole played on it too, and uh, Richard Lloyd too um, from wow. television. Uh, so, but I think I think now going back to it, what I wonder why, like I wonder how sweet, like was it his record label that assembled like this all star cast? Of, yeah, I don't know. Good question. I mean, good question. Sounds like, you know, kind of, unless you're terrible, like, it probably was difficult to not make a good record with these guys. <laughs> or maybe he was up to them. I mean, they must have respected him or something. Yeah. Was, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Fred Mayer, I think, was one of the producers and worked quite a bit with um, Robert Quine and uh, a lot of those New York artists. So he could have been very much the influence um, in terms of bringing in those other artists. But. You know, obviously they liked what he was doing and they were willing to lend their talents to it. And I think, like, looking back on it, uh, what, nearly 30 years later, um, I think I was kind of like you in that at the time it was just like, oh, it wasn't weird or different enough. But, like, listening to it now, um, it's, it's these straightforward guitar pop, power pop stuff but robert quine's guitar in my opinion just kind of makes it different from a lot of the other stuff that you would hear that was kind of just straight power pop so within that with that context check it out i'm interested to hear it for the first time in 30 years yeah, yeah. here you go uh, title track from 1991's girlfriend lp matthew sweet with richard quine playing soaring lead guitar
Matthew Sweet. Yeah, what label is that on? Uh, that was on Zoo Entertainment BMG. <laughs> yeah, it must have been some big. Yeah, it was yeah. big. Yeah, yep. right. It was like RCA related, I think. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's, just, it's like it's just so recorded in that way. Produced. Yeah, right. But but I mean, like the thing is, like Quine leaves you the impression that. He might have taken less than a half hour. Yeah, he just went in and just went off, right? Yeah, like you, like <laughs> almost like you know he got like the demo or whatever, and like it's like yeah, this is just easy. Yeah, yeah, like easy money. Like it must have felt like he kind of easy, easy money. Yeah, and because he was he, he had a like obviously you know, we have no idea. He must have gotten paid a fair rate. I, I mean, would hope. I would sure hope. You know, and, and by knows? that point, he had already been... Who knows? It might have been 100 bucks an hour. I mean, like, yeah. you know... Uh, I don't know. He, th- by that point, he'd already played with Lou Reed. He'd already played with, of course, the Voidoids. Um, he had played with Marianne Faithful on her Strange Weather record, uh, which is on Island. Um, you know, he was kind of a... He had played with Tom Waits. I'm going to play a, a Tom Waits song a little later I- in the episode. Uh, was that before played- Sweet? Yeah, he played played on Rain Dogs in the mid eighties. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he was a bit of a certainly within the John industry, Zorn. He played with played with John Zorn, of course. Yeah, he was known. Definitely Lloyd Cole, including that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he was just like the studio, like 
guy or just this legendary guitar player just like give him the call like see if he wants to do it and he's like oh send me the demo and he's like i has to be easy yeah well and he also did his own stuff i mean he did he did a record with um uh, jody harris who was a no wave artist as well in the um, late 70s early 80s in new york um you know he would have played with brian eno i'm sure i don't know if he ever played with brian eno strangely enough uh, I don't think, I don't think, oh, uh, yeah, maybe he did. Actually, now that you mention it, I think he did. Like, maybe on one kind of weirder, obscure, more, you know, lesser-known Eno record. Um, yeah, he played in Material. Um, he played with They, they Might Be Giants. Uh, Have you ever seen a video, like, you ever seen a, like, um, video on YouTube of him playing or anything? Mm, maybe years ago, not recently. Yeah, I have to look it up. Uh, yeah. he, just, he just strikes me as a guy that would like make it look ridiculously easy. Yeah, yeah, right. Kinda like just like back. you know, you see those guitar players, and like I've been fortunate enough to see a few. I mean, we we, we both we both have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They just like their skills. They just make playing guitar like like it's it's like if you played air guitar in a tennis racket. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So you can yeah. make guitar look easy if you're playing it like a old conventional wood tennis racket. You know what I mean? But they do the <laughs> right. they do it on a guitar and make music with it. So like, yeah. As as a non guitar player, like I've always I can do anything on a tennis racket because you're not hearing me play. You're just <laughs> but I can I can you know I you know you know put my hands all over the fretboard and like pluck right. the strings and be like you know essentially be like Glenn Phillips, who, uh, who, by the way, if I played Glenn Phillips on the show, I think I have, haven't I? Uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think Glenn you Phillips. Have. He's he. Yeah, he's. I think I played Vista Cruiser. Yeah. Um, if I haven't, he's an amazing guy from Atlanta. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, we'll get back into Quine. We're triple Quining. We're triple Quining, yeah. Because Mike's officially a Quino now. <laughs> um, uh hardcore i think he probably always has been That's i'm gonna right. go to i'm gonna go back to peru i played kind of like um i played traffic sound right uh you did last episode yeah they're they're like they were out there and yeah. like this is more like kind of straight typical like you know peruvian garage rock kind of a legendary late 60s band they started in 67 they made this in 68 um los yorks so they were like actually popular in peru and they're kind of celebrated like you know the whole, you know the kind of the spirit of the garage rock revival, of the '60s and '70s, like you know digging up nuggets, is like never really gone away. And that search, of course, has gone worldwide. And that, you know that kind of music of just you know setting up and playing, and the styles associated with it by thousands of bands um, reached Peru. And Los Yorks are sort of the most famous. It's um, Y O R K apostrophe S. And this is a song they made called a. Pronto un doctor, um, her, I, which means hurry doctor. And um, they were particularly known for their wildly frenzied um, singer, whose name was uh, Pablo Luna. And But this song, I, I, I just, I, I love its weird wackiness, partic- every aspect of it, but particularly the percussion, I think, kind of separates it from a lot of other garage rocks. This is uh, Los Yorks from 1968, Pronto Doctor. Mm-hmm. 
Parece que estoy loco, de verdad Les voy a contar A mí me tienen pronto que llevar A ver un doctor Me gusta mirar las chicas mmm, Que tengan piernas bonitas pero me quiero casar Ay, a mí me tienen pronto que llevar A ver un doctor Porque siento deseos ir al altar No es natural Me gustan las morenitas También las rubiecitas pero me quiero casar Ay, a mí me tienen pronto que llevar A ver un doctor Está loco, loco, loco Está loco, loco, loco ya Si está loco, loco, loco si está loco, loco y es verdad Me gusta tomar mis tragos Y andar bien acompañado Pero me quiero casar Ay, a mí me tienen pronto que llevar A ver un doctor Porque siento deseos Ir al altar no es natural Está loco, loco, loco Está loco, loco, loco ya Si está loco, loco, loco Si está loco, loco y es verdad Yeah. yeah, the uh, the the whinnying donkey at the end is kind of a uh, <laughs> kitschy touch. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, Fred a Fred Aguilar was the uh, percussionist and drummer, and uh, they remember I played them Los Psychos. You did from Peru, and that yep. um, Los Los Shorts were heavily influenced by them. They they were their heroes, and like um, it sort of became like you know sort of the kingpins of of late sixties Peruvian garage rock. Wow. And they, the interesting thing about that is I speak very rudimentary Spanish, but like I gather actually most of that, you know, because you can hear uh -huh. it, it's pretty basic. Like, mm -hmm. so obviously, you know, it's the truth. You know, the guy's crazy needs a doctor. Is you know <laughs> essentially essentially the vibes. You yeah, know? I like that. That was cool. Um, yeah, it's groovy. You know, it's summary. Yeah, for sure. Are, is the re do they have a lot of other stuff? Is the rest of it kind of? Yeah, they were only around from like. Uh, they made like three records, 67, 68, 69, I think sort of what they're called. And they sort of stopped in 71. They repri reprised themselves a few times. But like, uh, it was just like they had their heyday in the late 60s. And like that crept into the 70s. And they, and they sort of, you know, bowed out and maybe kind of wandered around Lima's rock stars. Hmm. 
which is not really a bad go. No. Nice gig yeah. if you can get it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I will... Um, I'm going to play an artist here that you played, Bob. And actually, before I do, I'll, I will mention, I checked, you have not played Glenn, Glenn Phillips, so you can put that on the list if you want to play some. Oh, man, like... I'm not familiar, you, so you should, you should... One of the best live shows I've ever seen in my life in front of less than 20 people. Amazing. Okay. Well, yeah. serve it up next show, and we'll talk about it. Cause, I'll tell you the whole story. Yeah? Yeah, I'll, I will. Yeah, next yeah. show. Let's, no, next show. We're going to get a guest. We're going to get... We're, um, I'm gonna. I've lined up a local guest. You know, we're gonna have a fellow Des Moines resident on for our next show. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, teasing. It's a warning. Show. I like it. All right. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna. I'm He's gonna... A, like you, like um, Eric was our Helios Creed expert. Uh huh. And I'm I'm really gonna uh, an artist that we're yet celebrate on Three Songs Pod. Um, Jay Riotard. I've got a local Jay Riotard um, uh, fan. Sure. Sure, I'm a completist. A completist. Okay. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested because I'm somewhat familiar, but certainly not a completist and not an expert. So, yeah. So we sometimes we got a real in the experts. Uh, I like that. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to jump back to uh, an artist that you played back on episode 43, uh, and that's uh, the legendary Mr. Andre Williams. No, fantastic. The yeah. late. Mr. Andre Williams, you played something from his work in the 1950s, and then we played something from, I think, 2012. Uh, I'm going to play a a song from his 2003 LP called Bait and Switch that, of course, features the fantastic guitar work of Mr. Robert Quine. And this is one, you know, Andre Williams, he recorded... Boy, from the 50s to 2000, until he passed away in what, like 2018, 17, 18, something like that. Um, so he played, his career spanned 60 years. Um, How do you do that? I know, I know. Um, and this this one shows a little bit of a different side of Robert Quine's guitar playing. It's a little bit funkier, it's a little groovier. Um, and it fits well, but you can also hear, if you're listening and you know it's Quine, you can kind of hear his own personal touch. So um, I think you'll like it. Of course, how can you not? It's Andre Williams and Robert Quine on guitar. Yeah. Uh, Abundant talent on display. Exactly. The song is called Bigger Than Greed or Need. Well, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some things that money just can't buy. It's cheaper than the need of the greed. You don't love me. I don't love you But if we stay together, baby Who knows what we can do Cause the love that I have for you, baby Is bigger 
Andre Williams. I mean, it's amazing this guy. Um, Andre, you, yeah. No, well, or, I mean, obviously or, Andre, but like Andre is just magic. But like, um, he just obviously Andre was one of the more famous artists that, that he recorded with. I mean, we've already listed yeah. all the famous ones, but like, what he was doing from like 1977 until his death in 2004 was playing with so many artists big and small I mean he played on Quilt the Shams record on on Matador yeah. and um, I mean so many artists I've never even heard of mm-hmm. I mean did everybody just like have his phone number like I wonder if like he'd be like a he must have been like tied in with like studio like you need Robert Quine let's get, you know, let's get Quine over here I mean he played with Wayne Kramer Oh, I mean, from MC5. It's insane. You know, Sonny Vincent, Aikui Mori. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, but he'd also do like a lot of like, you know, but they throw in like the odds, like, you know, like you mentioned, like Dim Stars, he played on that. Like, yeah. And, and he played on, he played on Scritty Politi's famous record, Cupid and Psyche 85. <laughs> he did. I know. I almost you know, played. I almost played some Scritty Politi, but I, I decided to save that for a later episode. But it's like it's like it's like like it's like a loaded gun for hire. It's like yeah. wonder. I just would love to have like known his approach. It's like yeah, what is this? Like I mean, just like all the genres he provided guitar for. He was just like it's almost like he was a human being that was just like, but 
you know, he, the versatility is insane. Yeah, and exactly. But at the same time, I would always, I mean, maybe I'm reaching too much, but I feel like he still has his style, regardless of whether it's Andre Williams that he's playing with or Richard Hell or Lou Reed or Tom Waits, as we'll hear in a minute, uh, or, you know, Matthew Sweet, as I started the show. Like, I can recognize his style He played on every Matthew Sweet record. Yeah. He played on, like... Pretty much. So, like... And he played on a bunch of Lloyd Cole records. Like, it wasn't just, like... These weren't one-offs. He was just like, we can't do it without Robert Klein. Right. I don't know if... Did he play on the first Matthew Sweet record? He may have. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if... Uh, I don't know the discography, but I don't um, know how many records Matthew Sweet. I don't even. I think Matthew. No, Matthew Sweet's still going. I'm looking through. I don't think he played on the first record. The first record. First you know, one was called Earth, right? No, he played on. There was one before that. Um, uh, Robert Quine did play on Earth, but um, there was an album in '86 called Inside that actually has Chris Stamey and Anton Fear, um, and. Well, Matthew Sweet was propped up by some serious talent. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave Allen uh, was one of the producers. Scott Litt was, was involved. Dave Allen from Gang of Four? Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. I should have a museum. I mean, like, there should be, like, a Robert Coltwine <laughs> Museum. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll revisit when we'll talk more Robert Quine later in the show. Well... We'll end my songs with another one that he played on. Probably, you know, one of his most famous artists and most famous albums that he ever played on. So how are things in Portland? Like, are the, are the streets still chaotic? Um, the streets are not chaotic at all. There is really only um, certain areas, and it's around the Portland uh, Police Bureau. Uh, or around the Justice Center downtown back when the Fed federal troops were in town. Federal, I mean, I don't want to call even, even federal cops because they're basically, you know, federal police or federal um, army that were sent in to, to really cause trouble. But they're gone, and, um, you know, now it's, it's you, you don't see any of it really unless you go to a, a few specific blocks. Um, right you know i mean everything is everything's very peaceful in fact uh, right on by street corner around seven o'clock every night there's probably about 10 to 15 um people with signs that say black lives matter matter and say say her name and say his name and cars will go by and they'll honk and you know raise their fist in in uh solidarity um, so there's a lot, you see a lot of that. Um, I think what you hear on the news um, tends to be a little bit sensationalized. For sure, for sure. And it was, um, you know, it was definitely, you know, like the fuse was lit by the, the federal police, for sure. So, but it's, it's, um, it's pretty mellow, frankly, compared to what you hear. Well, good. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, in a way, like, just abject violence, you know, by you know, just, it's, who knows? Who really right. knows, right. like, what 
ha- I mean, I guess, you know, Lance would have, uh, Lance Bangs have a better idea than most of us. He's a front liner. He, he is. He's been, he's been following basically every night and, and filming and, and filing reports for Vice News. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love that there is still a group that is still out there and fighting and um, protesting and they are standing strong and they are letting, you know, letting the police really kind of act. You know, there there are certain, uh, you know, there's some actors that get thrown in there, but I think by and large the protesters tend to be um, very much about being vocal and very much about showing a presence, but not about destroying. Um, so, but it's a very proud city, and it's a representative city in our country, and it's got a great spirit about it, and it's one of the best cities in the country. Did, did you and see what happened yesterday in Bend? No, no, I don't. I don't want to aware of that. Oh, so Bend, Oregon, which is um, I know bit, Bend. I've a, never been to Bend. A bit east of here, it's the high desert. They call it. Um, yeah. And uh, it's not really an area that I would consider a hotbed of liberalism, um, but there were about three to five hundred protesters that blocked some ice buses from taking away a couple. Um, Bend residents who had been there for years and years had lived in the town for a long time. They came to deport them on buses, and they blocked Jesus. they blocked them. And the the Bend City Council woman said, "You know, you're not welcome here." And um, yeah, it was just this amazing show of support. Yeah, righteous. Yeah, um, and kind of a beautiful thing to see. You know, people are people are standing up and supporting. Um, their fellow citizens, you know, this is, this, these were people that had lived there for years and, um, had never been, uh, violent or caused any problems or never been any kind of criminals. And, um, you know, they, they, they stood up for what was right. So it's nice to see. Uh, Bless them. Yeah. Fantastic. Keep going. Anyways, I'm going to pivot. I'll pivot. I'll do the crazy from a conversation about modern day Portland. <laughs> I'm listening to Robert Quine and some Lima Peru Garage Rock. I'm going to take you to northwestern Tennessee, specifically Dyersburg. A friend of the family, great guy, Nate Dodd. And uh, he was in a band in the, uh, like, you know, 2005 to 2010 ish, and um, made a bunch of songs. Uh, none of them really ever were properly released. And, um, he contacted me the other day, and I've listened to some of his music that she sent me. And he said, I just decided, like, and he's not a good self-promoter, but I think he's made a, bu- a lot of really interesting things, like three or four, like, re- when I say records, like, technically unreleased, but, like, he compiled all of his materials, which is something that, um, you know, I don't care whether you wrote songs last week or 25 years ago, like, if you, if you you're happy with what you did and you want anyone to hear it then you just go ahead and like put it out there whatever way you can so like yeah i guess in a, in a sense on the internet he mechanized himself he 
he put his music out there, and I, I just want to salute him. I think he's a really interesting songwriter, and the band's really cool. Um, they're a band called The Healthy Home, and this is off their uh, 2008 record called That Other Life, and it, um, I dig it. It's, it's called Invasion Until It Bleeds. Nate Dodd and the boys from Northwestern Tennessee, The Healthy Home. Healthy home. Cool. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, the guys made a lot of great songs, and he and like you know, it's, it's interesting for obscure artists who make music in their house with their friends, and um, then they just like nothing ever happened with it, you know, that kind of thing. And then they're like, with limited confidence, they just are just like, you know, this is like 
you know, this is my 20s. This is my early 30s. This is like, you know, my love of like things that he loved as a teenager. Like, I mean, I hear like early who, you know, like in that, like, um, you know, that kind of like, um, you know, it, you know, what I'm saying like that, that, sure. that kind of adultery vibe, but you know, and definitely like a certain love and appreciation for a guy who you're playing Robert Quine on the show tonight. But, you know, obviously, like the love affair that people have with Elliot Smith sure. um, is deserved because he was an amazing artist and. Um, the end of him was terribly sad, and and uh, but you know obviously there's a lot of Elliot love in the music, and but I I, I like the um, I just like the the whole spirit of it. Like it's lo-fi, mm-hmm. but they want to sound bigger, even though they've got lo-fi means. Right. Yeah, there was there's a definite mood to that one. I I mean that's the only thing I've heard by them, but it made me interested enough that I want to check them out. And it looks like um, he's posted uh, Nate Dodds posted um, I'm gonna say ten different releases to Bandcamp. They're all yeah yeah he's, he's fired it up like yep. he's just like I don't I don't know what made him decide in the last you know thirty to sixty days of his life to just like fire it out there and like that's great. I just think I just think it's cool music that you know we celebrate a lot of unheralded artists on the show and like yeah. you know the, and, and obviously you know Dyersburg, Tennessee is not um, Athens, Georgia, no. and um, so no, you know, uh, and um, there's you know cool cool kids are making cool music everywhere. Probably something great happened tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so and I'm thinking like, like this year, like since people can't play live and like, so, you know, the pressure of like being a new band and having to play live and like, you know, going from like, you know, your bedroom to like, then to like your practice room, getting together with your friends um, and making songs and then like having to play them live is like pretty intimidating prospect for, for a lot of people. It, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly difficult for the bands that I played in. And it's, it's a, it's a painful transition because you, when you're doing it in your house or you're doing it with your friends, like you, you complete it and you do it, whether it's one time or 10 times, or you practice the song, then you just like record it. And then you, you know, mess around with it and stuff like that. Like when you're satisfied with it, you're just sort of done with it. And like, um, I just think there's like just strokes of, you know, brilliance out there. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So, just sure. cool, cool little, cool, cool band. Yeah. And um, dig them the healthy home. And like, there's a lot of good songs in the collection. Yeah, and it, so it looks like he's he's posted ten releases. They're all name your price downloads. So you could, you know, this is maybe what I might suggest. You know, Bandcamp does their. Uh, I think it's usually the first Friday of every month. So it was last Friday. They waive their normal fifteen percent uh, cut that they take of any, which um, is actually fair. Fifteen percent, like, which is totally yeah. fair. I mean, compared to any other streaming site, um, but that first Friday of the month, they waive their fees, and so all of it goes to the artist. So, um, 
what here's what I would suggest. Go to the thehealthyhome.bandcamp.com, check out the stuff, stream it. There's 10 different releases. Find ones that you like. And then yeah. next month on the Bandcamp Friday, go and download some throw Nate some some cash if you've got it um, even a little bit well I think I think like you know in the case of Nate like he just would be excited to like same here at Broker Sip like we're just excited to make sure that the music gets out there so like totally you know you know whether you pay a, a dollar or not or whatever but like it's just like you want people to hear mm-hmm. The songs, like whether mm-hmm. you made them last week or last year or thirty years ago, like mm-hmm. um, so, like obviously there's a lot of really famous artists that we've talked about and celebrate, but there's also like um, artists that like the music, like I don't even know like delusions of grandeur, like in his case, like there probably really weren't any. But, like, mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you sort of dream of, like, you know, of even little things, like, even just, like, tiny things. Like, sure. just to have, like, a seven-inch piece of vinyl. That's what we're all yeah. about at Broker's Tip. Like, yeah. Something um, tangible. You know, yeah, it's like, and the internet actually is wonderful in that regard, especially Bandcamp, um, that you can access these things. And then, like, I just think it means so much, like really clever and talented people to like have like their music celebrated, you know, via a piece of vinyl. So that's sort of what we do here at non, in a completely nonprofit manner. Like all, any profits go to the artists at Brooker's tips. So like, um, and obviously you never made any money off a of little brother. So it's not a business. It's just like, you know, hopefully, it, like, if 40 people dig it, that's satisfying. Like, 40 people that you never meet, 40 people outside your circles. Right. You know, I don't, care, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care right. whether you're doing, like, lo-fi indie rock or, like, amateur rap or, like, acapella singing or, like, you know, tribal drum stuff or, like, you know. I mean, I, I played the band in the hall on a few things called the Misshapen Lodge and, like, um, jazz he puts things up all the time and it's just it's just like chaos with like tape loops and stuff and it's, a lot of it's really cool but like and it, you know life is short we can't listen to everything but I, I just think uh, that what Nate's done with the healthy home back in between 2005 and 2009 was pretty cool yeah yeah absolutely I mean in even 20 you know nearly 30 years later I'll sometimes have people come up to me and say, "Oh yeah, I bought I bought your record. I bought that record you released." And it's it's always surprising and it's always very nice to hear because you kind of just put this stuff out and you throw it out into the world and you throw it out into a void and um, you don't know who's going to pick it up. So it's always nice when yeah, and like knows. if 130 people buy it for like you know essentially cost yeah then like that's the purpose of the label like we're not we're not hiring anybody but ourselves and we're just you know it's all about keeping i mean i would love it like if anybody for example like piranorama from richmond a band that's like you know very much a live band like a very great live band he said had big plans for this year and like no opportunity to play live and which hurts them in every way, shape, and form, 
And so, like, I mean, if I got a call from somebody and anybody in the music industry and said, like, I know this band's on your label, but, um, you know, we'd like to put their record out. I'd be like, I mean, I'd, I'd call, you know, I'd contact Piranorama. I mean, it's all like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd love it if, like, anybody, like, there's no possession involved. That's right. what I hate about the right. music industry. Like, right. oh, no, you're going to have to deal with us. Like, right. we own that. Like, right. they don't own anything at Burger's right. Tip. Like, you won't have anything to do with any of it. Right. And, like, yeah, it's you like know. This- just, just hire the bands. The bands are, I mean, right. I mean, I've got a lot of faith in that kind of thing. So, right. anyways, it's like a Christopher Columbus thing. Like I discovered it. You know, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, the hell with that. Like, <laughs> hey, Mike. Okay. Hey, yeah, hey Wit. Yeah, Wit. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's, what's, How are you? Good, good. Welcome, yeah, Wit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm. Gonna, anyways, that's enough about like indie rock. Yeah. You know, you take us to Tom Waits for God's sake. I'll go Rain back Dogs. to yeah, Rain Dogs, nineteen eighty-five. Tom Waits, Island Records. In uh, this one, this one has the guitar work of not just Mister Robert Quine, but a guy named uh, Keith Richards, who's oh, wow. who's in a little bit of a band that some people might know. Um, and the nice thing about this is, uh, it, it's a beautiful song. It's called Blind Love. And when you listen closely to the guitar, um, you can definitely hear there are two distinct guitar sounds, but they both sound like I can't pick out which one is Quine and which one is Keith. Um, They fit really well. They mesh really well. And it's just a beautiful song. Um, Did you ever see Tom Waits play live? I never did. No, me either. I had an opportunity when we were playing in Denver in the mid 90s and like all of my bandmates went but i was i just never like to leave the backstage yeah yeah it was like down the street sort of things so i yeah. never got to see him but yeah i i steve, steve west in particular really enjoyed him but i don't think quine or obviously richards right <laughs> right ever toured no so, no with, with so. tom waits um, but i'm sure you had like this in, i mean how about uh, John Lurie? Didn't he play with Tom Waits? He, he did. John Lurie played with Tom Waits, and he was Ma- probably on the live. He was probably in the live band. Yeah, but possibly Ma- uh, Mark Rabot, the guitarist, was probably. Yeah, yeah, Mark Rabot. He was probably yeah. the one. He played a lot Not on the this famous Thurbred Stallion. Right, right. Um, <laughs> he played a lot on this record. He was probably in the touring band, I would imagine. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I I could have seen them. I could have seen him on New Year's Eve in san francisco one year and that was um the night i chose to go see the cramps instead oh good choice yeah i mean it was one of those like a horrible choice in that um i wish i could have seen you know i wish they were playing on different days but also like uh, there's no wrong choice right it's like you can see the cramps or you can see tom waits what was the best uh, do you recall off the top of your mind like the best time in whatever city you were living in they went and saw one band and got to see another band on the same night. I'm not, even mm-hmm. if including all those like CMJ things and all that stuff. Like, right. Did you ever see like at two separate venues like two amazing shows on the same night? Probably. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Okay. Um, I'll tell you mine real quick. Okay. In Louisville, I'm gonna say like. Ooh, I'm going to guess around 2000, I saw Sebado play at the Speed Art Museum and then a race downtown 
and saw Sunset Girls play in the same <laughs> and timed it like wow and, and like and keep in mind Louisville like back then like unlike the more like the more we get like ten cool things a year like Louisville you get like twenty but like very rarely they'd be like two things like back to back right or like same two thing. things it was, there was yeah. no Derby weekend balls or anything like yeah. that huh. it was just like whatever so it's like but it was. Great execution. Both bands are great, as you'd expect. Fantastic. You know, bands yeah. of that quality. That's great. It's uh, a magic, magical night. I was, I was very happy to make it home safely. <laughs> I'm not thinking. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to think on that one. Maybe next show I'll, I'll come back and maybe I'll be able to come up with something. But I'm completely. I'm not talking about like drink. festivals where you yeah. wander around, see no. like one amazing thing, no. and, like you miss one thing. Like you've, you've probably never, you haven't probably been to that many like I music festivals. I haven't really, and I haven't been to CMJ or South by Southwest or any of that. Me they, neither. Well, they, I tour managed chicks at South by Southwest, yeah. but. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. play some Tom Waits with with yeah, rock the weights with rock the guitar the work of Keith Richards and Robert Quine. This one's called Blind Love, 1985. Now you're gone. It's hotels and whiskey and sad luck days. If they miss me, I never remember their names. They say if you get far enough away.
Tom Waits, Robert Quine, and Keith Richards on guitar. Well, Richards definitely was singing background vocals. He was, too. That. He definitely was. Yeah. I wonder if he just, like, were those guys, there's no way they were in the studio at the same time. Like, Richards probably mailed it in, you know. But it was like, uh, it was like a know. weird era for Tom Waits because it's like this like dark New York era or something. Um, I think he was in L.A. by that point, right? Uh, but the songs are all about like whatever the hell he was doing in the 80s in New York. Yeah. Which was, believe me, I got to New York in 89. I saw the complete tail end. Okay. I mean... Yeah. Jenkins was the mayor. It's pre Giuliani. Like to okay. me, there's just like New York as I knew it rather briefly from '89 to '93, and then I mean Giuliani. I mean, regardless of like his presence in like American politics today, like kind of stripped the city of its spirit. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've not done not to talk about we're talk about Robert Quine, but right. like obviously like he could find that blues groove. And you gave like two amazing examples of it. Like we wouldn't know which was which. Why why have them both on the same <laughs> song? They could both do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's nice and in if you listen closely, you can hear how one guitar line weaves interweaves with the other, and how they're two distinct guitar sounds and two distinct guitars but they work well off of each other and they play well off of each other. And the other thing I'll note about... I'm thinking that, like, Quine was probably doing the more strummy parts and, yeah. and Richard's probably doing the more slide, slidey stuff. That's that's my guess, too. Um, the other thing I'll note about that... Well, call Keith. Call Keith. I'll, I'll ask... Call next Rob. time I talk to Keith, I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah. I'm sure he will remember. Um, I'll text him. I'll text yeah, him when it's, we're done with the show. Yeah, we'll put the, before you put the show up, I'll get the answer. It's only been 35 years. He, he'll definitely remember. Um, that, that I, it's worth noting that that he was might, he might he might that, that was the first um, compilation or collaboration rather between um, Tom Waits and his now wife Kathleen Brennan, who has been a huge influence in his work since that time. But that's the first time they worked together. She wrote oh. she wrote some songs. She was one of the producers on that record. Um, yeah. is, there, is there a Tom Waits documentary? I don't know. Not that I'm familiar with. I'm um, no Tom Waits expert. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm a I, Tom Waits dilettante. I, I like a lot of his work. Um, you know, I mean, he's sometimes it's a little affected, but when I don't he's, know about affected, but it's just kind of samey to me. Like, like even I can identify it with my slow ear, like, oh, yeah. that must be Tom Waits, or sure. somebody's trying to be... Like, sure. I often thought, like, if you spread, spread that up to, like, 49 RPM, it would sound like, you know, John Brennan, uh, John Brandon from Laughing Hyenas, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, He's, it's like Laughing Hyenas to me, like, if you... Well, you've got a, you have a Laughing Hyenas record, like, in your ass. Uh, I don't. I do yeah, not yeah. own well, Laughing Hyenas. Again, when you talk about this guy, you're, I guarantee they're a great band, amazing yeah. live band. But like, yeah, I, you, I'm, like, you, I'm familiar. If you play yeah. that like at 28 RPM, it sounds like Tom Waits. <laughs> so I if you set it. your thing at like 33 and like slow it down to, you know, you got that thing on your the pitch, turn table. Yeah. The, the pitch, pitch thing. all yeah, the way yeah, down. Good job. Yeah. Where do you got audio on us, engineer? Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna get real audio on you to end the show, and our another great tribute to a brilliant guitar player. Um, I'm gonna take us to Japan. Okay. Band that started a new band, and yeah. like we've talked about um, Japanese artists and like um, their sort of academic approach, and like I feel like this band, um, Minami Doich, Minami Doich, like they made it rather clear in their name that like. They're going to play you this recipe of psychedelic krautrock, <laughs> you know, and Japanese and German and, mixed together. Yeah. And like, you know, add their own cultural feel to it. And I think they've accomplished that specifically on this album with Dim Light, which came out in uh, 2018. And this song um, is We'll talk about it afterwards briefly. Um, it's called Concrete Ocean. Uh, by Minami Deutsch, current artist. <laughs>
quite a groove there. Yeah, you're probably thinking like um, they worship Can. Yeah, I could definitely hear some Can influence for sure. Yeah, they they actually made a live record with Thomas Suzuki. Um, oh. It's a great listen. Legendary. And, Speaking of Japanese, German. can you imagine like being those? I don't. I think they're probably like in their thirties. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt you. And like um, your ultimate hero is now singing with you. Yeah. And like it must have been such a wild experience. It was a live concert. That's it's a, you can get it. Um, I forget what it's called. So it's, a, it's great driving music. Cool. Yeah. No. That if it sounds anything like that track you played, I can imagine. Well, they like, do faster things. Like it's like kind of a. If you listen to the guitar, it's like a tremendous tribute to the ill-fated Michael Caroli from Can. Like kind mm-hmm. of the most under-celebrated member of Can, the guitar player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, who obviously was insanely great right um and all those quine-esque dare i say yeah yeah um and and lived the same kind of life i don't know his he died of cancer at at 53 but his lifespan was similar Mm. uh michael caroli and robert klein but like it would be interesting if those two hooked up instead of him wasting his time with keith richards playing rain dogs (laughs) Yeah. I mean, wow. But anyways, I, I think that um, Minami Deutsch is like just like wear your influences on your sleeves, boys. Like, don't hide them. Like, you know, don't don't be ashamed. Just like here's what we do, and we're gonna do it well. Right. And like, and they they believe me. Like, I've listened to a lot of their music in the last two or three months, and like, there's a lot of them are like nine minutes. That's why I gave you a five minute one. <laughs> That's sort of a groovy one. Yeah, it was groovy. Uh, but, like, you know, there's more, like, I mean, I'd love to see them live. Like, I, I and would... again, like, we talk about this all the time. Like, when will we, who and who knows what will happen to live music? But in the meantime, it's great to do a podcast. Absolutely. And uh, we'll do another one maybe next week. What do you think? Yeah, I'll bring a guest. I'll get a Oh, yeah. All right. You'll bring guest a guest. Too. You've got a story to tell. Right tonight? No, tonight. next week. Oh, I'm sure I'll have a story to tell. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, I know there was there was a song I was going to play, and I already forget. But oh, uh, I was going to tell you about Glenn Phillips band. That's right. You're going to play some yeah. Glenn Phillips and tell me about that yeah. show. Um, I'll send you a Glenn Phillips YouTube video after this. Like playing at the Middle East in Boston, you'll laugh. Like you've got to go to bed. You've got to work. Yeah, I do. That's now we're going to racetrack, so like we don't, yeah. you know, who knows, you know, it's not like high pressure like your life. It's okay. It'll be, it'll be yeah. fine. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. mellow day, summer Fridays. Hey, give my best to the kids. Has it Ragsy with you? Ragsy's with me. She's, she's laying asleep in the corner. Good lady. Uh, yeah. Good lady. She's, she's a good girl. All right. All right. Sleep, sleep well, my friend. You too, Bob. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Much love to you. Yeah. Much yeah, love thanks to very Whitney. much. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. All right. Yeah, we survived the derecho, Mike. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk <laughs> to you soon. Until next time. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>